0: Um, I want to, uh, uh, well, my sermon this morning is entitled, How to Feed 5,000 People Without Losing Your House. Um, I want to, uh, pick up on a couple of things. Last time I spoke, I, I talked about, uh, Stephen the Martyr. Um, and uh, how he was not uh, a preacher by profession. He was not one of the, the leaders of the, the early church there. He was a waiter. He was called upon to serve the, the widows and things. that the, the 12 um, were stressed out. They were maxed out, and so they had several people, and he was one of them. And I talked about how we're all waiters, and whatever it is that we're doing, um, we can do those with the power of the Holy Spirit, infusing them and see amazing things happen. Um, And uh, Pastor Joshua has been speaking out of Mark chapter 6 and uh, resting, getting in the boat with Jesus and resting with Jesus. So I'm going to pick up uh, right there. Um, There's a phrase uh, that people use almost exclusively for uh, infants and churchgoers and occasionally farm animals. I don't really see this phrase used this way in other circles. And it's this phrase, getting fed. Now, I want to be honest with you, I don't like this phrase. <laughs> now, it's okay for, for infants and far, it's, it's okay. Uh, I, but I don't particularly like this phrase in talking about, uh, well, in talking in general about church or uh, meeting with Jesus, these, these kinds of things. I, I, I don't like it um, for a couple of reasons. One, because it's passive, and I don't like passive voice. Now, um, the the other is because it's consumeristic. But real quick, I'm going to give you a 20-second grammar lesson, okay? I'm sorry. Forgive me in advance. Just just hold on. Just hold on, okay? Sorry. Me and Josh Davis sometimes get into it. Stay put. (laughs) Keep your hat on. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Passive voice. Give you an example of passive versus active. Passive. The ball was thrown to Kyle from John. Blah. Active, let's do active instead. John threw the ball to Kyle, much better. <laughs> this, and I thing. It, it, if you're trying to become a better writer, one of the first things you can do is eliminate passive voice everywhere you see it and write in the active. Do you know why? Because passive is stinks. It's, uh, okay, it obviously works for some circumstances, but it's like there's no action that the, the subject is doing. The subject is lazing around. The ball was thrown to John. Oh, here. Oh, missed it. I'll throw again. Uh, you see that? <laughs> it's not doing anything. Okay? <laughs> Active is so much better. And when you're talking about being fed, there is an inherent passivity about that phrase. And uh, I don't care when we talk about it with farm animals or little children. Because you know what? You have to use that in those circumstances. Because a child does not know how to make an omelet. Or a grilled cheese sandwich. Or a bowl of cereal. A child has to get fed. A child cannot feed himself. You see this? same with farm animals. However, church people it's a different story. But I'm afraid that when we use this phrase in regards to church, I think what we're doing is accidentally buying into some things about our culture. Particularly here in America, this consumeristic culture. We're very consumeristic, aren't we? I mean, it's just true. This is a this is a, a negative thing about our culture is that we have so many choices. We have so many people waiting on us hand and foot. That you can go in pretty much anywhere and go, ah, oh, well, all right, and put your hands behind your head and go, well, I like that, I don't like that. I'm gonna take my business elsewhere. <laughs> you know, like stand up and walk. I mean, that's what you're doing. I mean, like when you're coming to a restaurant, what we're consumer, and that's not a bad thing, obviously. You're going into a restaurant and having a meal, but you're you're letting somebody wait on you, and you know they are are, are bringing stuff to you, and you can say, oh. Could you bring that to me? Because that's what a restaurant's for. But that's not what the church is for, is it? But do you see how sometimes even the language can inform the way that we view ourselves, view the kingdom, and we can end up becoming very dissatisfied with all kinds of things just because of the mindset that we come in with. Now, I'm going to jump into the passage here in Mark and I, I just want, I want to sort of just talk through this story, okay? Can we do that? Let's, I just want to j- just read through and just point out some, some fun little interactions. Let's jump into this story. Um, it's, it's in Mark 6. There's also a parallel passage in, in Matthew, and it starts here. Uh, the apostles gathered together with Jesus, and they reported to him all that they had done and taught. And he said to them, come away by yourselves to a secluded place and rest a while, for there were many people coming and going. Uh, and they did not even have time to eat. Okay? So we know they're exhausted. Now, Pastor Joshua talked to, uh, about this. I want to give you one more backdrop to this that's in the uh, in the parallel passage there in Matthew. Um, and it, it's this. John the Baptist has just been executed. Now, this was a big blow. They've just found out that John was executed. That to be a bummer on a couple of levels. First, John and Jesus were cousins. So, You know, that's a terrible thing if you found out that happened to your cousin. Also, John was the one who commissioned Jesus. So he was, you know, in some ways, we don't know what their their relationship was like growing up, but Jesus had immense respect for John, unbelievable respect. So they probably had a deep friendship and even perhaps a a little bit of a mentoring relationship. So this was a, a blow on that level. But there's a third thing, and that's this. Some of Jesus' own disciples had been disciples of John the Baptist himself. The man who had initially trained them up. And they, so this was a deep blow. It wasn't just this preacher guides eyed and we're sad. This was this is a deep, intimate acquaintance. And it was probably one of those things of like, John, you're kidding. Not John. John was like immortal, wasn't he? I mean, he's out there in the desert and he's like bare grills eating bugs, and you know, he's like surviving. You can't kill John the Bat. He can't be dead. And here they're exhausted. They're like, John, no, oh. This person needs to be healed. Jesus, can you... John, not... Oh, you need prayer? Okay. All right, okay, just a second. John, not John. You see how exhausting that would be. So here they are, desperate, and Jesus, he says, come away to a secluded place and rest a while. And inherent in that resting is mourn a little while. This wasn't just exhausted people. These are crying people just trying to hold it together. Come and rest. So they go on a boat ride with Jesus they went away in the boat to a secluded place by themselves unfortunately the people saw them going and many recognized them and ran there together on foot from all the cities and got there ahead of them, awesome awesome our screen went dead that one works did it just go out? did we Oh, what's that? Okay, well, it's, I'm just doing scriptures, so um, I'll just read them, and, or you can flip over to Mark 6 if you have your Bibles or your phones, and we'll just keep going. There's, there's no fancy graphics this morning, so um, So this is an unfortunate thing. Now, uh, <laughs> Dave and Wendy, can you guys wave Dave? Yeah, right there, right there. Can you just wave? Yeah, just, just. oh, come on, wave higher than that. Some people don't know yet. Okay, these guys are awesome, and I hope you get to know them if you don't know them yet. We got to know them because they crashed our church one day, and Tito and Rahina met him. They're like, you should come to Narnia Group because Dave loves C.S. Lewis, and I'm like, yes, a fellow nerd, awesome. So we got to know them. They're awesome. Now, the reason I point them out is they just came back from Israel. They had an awesome trip, and I can't wait to hear about it. Did you guys go to the Sea of Galilee? You swam in the Sea of Galilee. Everybody just come and rub their shoulders and like, just see if you can get some of that. Now, this is where they were. Jesus and his peeps were on the Sea of Galilee. Now, I hear the Sea of Galilee is just hundreds of miles wide, right? No, no? The Sea of Galilee is, I've heard some say, it really should be called the Lake of Galilee. Is that correct? Yeah, it's not very big. So, what you got to see here is they're on the boat in the Sea of Galilee and people see them and they go, where do you think they're going? Oh, 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 they're going to Lyle Day Park right on, the, right on the edge of the Sea of Galilee. And they all go and start telling people and running ahead of them. That's where they're going. Let's go. Hey, hey, Jesus, the rabbi, he's, go, he's going over there. So they're going from village to village, and they're running around the Sea of Galilee so they can head these guys off. Now imagine you're Andrew in the boat. You're going, you've got to be kidding You've got to be kidding. How many of them are there? I can't see. I can't tell. Jesus, you probably got like crazy good eyes, right? <laughs> that like come with the package. Can you zoom in there? Give us an estimate. Oh, I don't know. It's hundreds. Oh, you've got to be kidding me. So they get over there. They do have a nice boat ride, but it's the, 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 the cut short. It's very sad. I feel bad for them in this scene. When Jesus went ashore, he saw a large crowd, and he felt compassion. And that's the other thing, is they knew that if Jesus got close enough, he'd feel compassion for him. Like, no, no, don't let him see. They're fine. They're great. Yeah. They were, felt compassion because they're like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. The disciples are sitting down now, exhausted, going, and now he's preaching to them. The Matthew passage also speaks that he was healing people left and right as well. So they're watching all this happen. Now, as we keep going, it was already quite late. His disciples came to him and said, this place is desolate and it's already quite late. Uh, Send them away so that we may go into the surrounding countryside and villages and buy something to eat. Translation, can we please get rid of them? (laughs) Please, can we get rid of them? But this was true too, because now all these people in their mad dash around the Lake of Galilee... Had, uh, well, they didn't think about food. Now, first of all, how amazing a communicator must Jesus have been? 5,000 people run for miles to get to a spot. They sit. They're so entranced that they go, oh, my goodness, I haven't eaten. I am so hungry. Like, Jesus might be able to come here and speak this morning and make people forget about the World Cup. I don't know. I don't know. Tyler, it would be be a tall order. But... (laughs) I'm just giving you a hard time. I mean, I just... What? You think he could do it? I think he could do it, yeah. Anyway, so that's how, what, a, what an amazing communicator it must have been. So here they are, um, and they're all hungry. Now get this. Jesus answered them and says, you give them something to eat. <laughs> okay. When I get to heaven, this is one of the videos I want to watch. Just this part, just that line, because I want to know how he said it. I am sure that there are times when Jesus said things trying to withhold a laugh. Why don't you guys give him something to eat? <laughs> I mean, it, if it was anyone else, you would think it would, it would have been like a sarcastic, well, you give him something to eat. I don't think Jesus would have done that, though. But I kind of think at least he was holding back a smile, like, huh, I don't know what you guys got. Why don't you give him something? All right. I can't prove it but so I love this though. I love that he turns it back to them. You know why? Because he was teaching his disciples that they're not consumers. They're not powerless. You give them something to eat and they look around and they go uh uh anybody got 20 grand? Shall we go and spend 200 denarii on bread and give them something to eat? A lot of you guys are caterers in here. You're thinking about 5,000 people and what that might amount to. You know, are talking about seven months wages or something like that. You're talking about in the tens of thousands of dollars. Uh, we're just supposed to do that, Jesus? Like, what are you talking about? Come on, we're exhausted. Can we just please get rid of them? He looked at them and said, How many loaves do you have? Go look. What do you have? And they're going... Seriously? Did you see us hauling a wagon full of food? Did you see a helicopter delivery of food for 5,000 people? Jesus, you're saying go and look, but this is downright silly. Can we just please have these people leave so we can be alone and mourn our friend and just sleep? But he says, go look. How many loaves do you have? What do you have? Let's start with that, then we'll do something together. When they found out, they said, five loaves and two fish. Again, I want to see the video because I'm pretty sure somebody made a smart aleck comment right there. Five loaves and two two fish. So, so Rabbi, you want to cut those up and give them to people? Five loaves, two fish. He took the loaves, he took the fish, and looking up toward heaven. He blessed the food and broke the loaves. Again, I think people must have been shaking their head going, what, <laughs> what is this? He breaks the loaves. He broke the loaves. He kept giving them to the disciples and set, uh, to set before them, the people. and He divided up the two fish among them all. They all ate and were satisfied. They picked up the 12 basketfuls of broken pieces and also of the fish. There were 5,000 men who ate the loaves. What? Maybe there's something in the parallel passage that talks about the mountain of food. No, I looked at that. There might be some in some Gnostic gospel about the the, the the pile of food that no, maybe Josephus no. There's no record of a pile of food that happened when he multiplied it. Did you know that? It doesn't say anything about a pile of food. He just here you go, and here you go. Okay, this must be the last piece, right? Okay, here you go, the last piece of bread. Share it with your sister. Share it with your sister. <laughs> All right, well, that's all. Oh, there's more? Okay. I know you'll share it with your wife. No? You won't? Thank you. Sorry. Working on some discipleship issues with Clint. Hang in there, big guy. Right? There's nowhere that says he went, and suddenly there was a storehouse like at Costco, a whole rack of loaves and fishes in bulk. It wasn't. You have to see this picture here, okay? Here's the picture I give a piece to Sammy so she'll stop laughing, eats. And then I go back to Jesus and he's got more. And then I give that away to Daniel. And I go back to Jesus and I get more. Do you see what's happening here? Isn't this amazing? You don't see it multiplying, but it multiplies as there. are Following through as they're being faithful with what's in their lunchbox. Do you hear me? Hear me? Yeah? They come to Jesus and there's more food. You guys, there's something here. There's something here. You come to Jesus and there's more food. So here's the thing. If you're hungry, if you're worrying about being fed, go to Jesus. Jesus and eat. If you're thirsty and need a drink, go to Jesus. I heard a pastor say this once, and I thought, oh, this is so good. There's a difference between being hungry and being desperate. We get hungry. We have to eat on a regular basis, probably daily. (laughs) But if we are desperate we're so we're so desperate for food. Why are you so desperate when you have a refrigerator full of food? Do you see what I'm saying? I think there is a problem if we are putting all of our spiritual energy into a Sunday morning, putting all of our spiritual hopes and desires for fulfillment into a Sunday morning. Do you see what I'm saying? I can't meet that for you guys. There's only one that can meet our spiritual needs. There's only one. And he wants to give us food. He wants to give us bread and fish. And you know what? You might think, well, there's not going to be enough. But I guarantee you, go to him, receive, give. And you know what? You can go back to him. And guess what? He's got more. He's got more. Well, how can that be? Well, because he's Jesus. (laughs) because he's Jesus. Do you see what I'm saying? You see, the Spirit of God is here on Sunday mornings, and I love these meetings. I love coming together to experience his presence. I love that, and I think it's essential. I think it's incredibly important that the family of God actually gets together, and we actually pray, and we actually hear his voice, and we actually Bind ourselves together and go do something awesome for his kingdom. His presence is here on Sunday mornings. But guess what? It's also in your homes on Monday mornings. If you're hungry, eat. If you're thirsty, drink. You give them something to eat, he says. So I want to take Jesus' challenge and let's take this to our own hearts. If we're worried about being fed, I think there's a simple mindset change, and that's to hear the words of Jesus. You give them something to eat. You see, we're disciples. He's calling us to be disciples, not to be consumers. And friends, there's a massive, massive difference. That means it's not me first. It's not coming into a, a restaurant and going, oh, I'll, you know, I'll have the sliders. It's different. Something so much better so much richer than coming in and being waited upon he's asked us to participate with him and that is a massive difference you give them something to eat but how i just got to eat for myself you give them something to eat he says how what's in your lunchbox what do you got i don't got much I mean, I know how to listen to people. I know how to give somebody a hug. Well, hey, guess what? Give that away and go back to Jesus. Do you hear me? Oh, okay, good. So I do that. Then what? Then I wait for Sunday, right? Well, no, not really. You just kind of, well, you, you give that away and go back to Jesus. and He's going to give you something new. Okay, but what about after that? Well, it's real simple. You give that away and you go back to Jesus. Now, this is where it gets weird. What do you do then? Okay, hold on. This is going to shock you. Then you give that away and you go back to Jesus because he's going to keep giving you new things and it's going to be enough for you and it's also going to be a blessing to others because you're not a consumer. You're a disciple and it's a beautiful, beautiful rich calling in which you work with him and it doesn't originate with you. It originates with him. And he pours himself into you and then you pour himself into others. Do you see that? What a beautiful thing. Isn't that beautiful? I think that's what he's calling us to. I think he's calling us to buck the cultural trend of consumerism. And it is a thing we do have to fight against because we're surrounded by it. And so sometimes we can treat all our spiritual areas in that same way. But I think he's asking us to do something else. And he's saying, I've called you to co-create. You're part of the family business, see. You're part of the family business. So as we come to him, we become more like him. He gives us what we need and what others need. And guess what? We can all be satisfied. Every one of them was satisfied and there was more left over. So I want to say to to, two groups of people this morning, if you have a whole lot of pressure on a Sunday morning to meet all your spiritual needs, I want to ask you to upgrade that line of thinking. And remember that he's there with you in the day. And if you're super desperate, that's probably because you haven't eaten a whole lot through the week. And I want to encourage you, please do that. Because only he can satisfy those desperate needs when you're thinking, I've got to eat, I've got to eat, I've got to eat. And you put all the pressure on on this gathering. It's never going to be enough for you, friends. It's never going to be enough. Only he's the one that's going to satisfy you. And for... Others who think, I don't have anything to give. I don't have a storehouse of food. So how in the world can I reach out to my neighbors and give them something to eat? You don't have to be Costco. You just have to be you. And you can open up your lunchbox and you give them what's there. And then what do you do? You go back to Jesus. And then you take that and you give it away and you go back to Jesus. And it's this wonderful partnership when you say, I don't have a lot, but he does. He does. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's stand together. Prayer servant team, can you please come forward? If you have any needs, uh, uh, you know, if the Lord's speaking to you this morning about this particular topic that we're dealing with, please come forward. We'd love to pray with you. If you'd like to meet Jesus, come forward. If you need prayer for healing, please come forward. The rest of you, I just want, let's just open our hearts now and just invite the Lord in here. Lord Jesus, we thank you uh, uh, for your example. And Lord, we, we ask that we could be disciples and not consumers. So Holy Spirit, I pray that you would stir up anything uh, um, in these hearts, in, in my heart, anything you want to say, we're open to hearing you. I pray that you'd give us the courage to step out in the little bit that we have and to serve together with you. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. If you want to come forward for prayer, please do. Otherwise, be blessed.